Peter Laviolette is the new head coach of the New York Rangers, but who are the biggest winners and losers from this hiring? We debate all this and do a whole lot else on today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 850 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. I just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off of your first purchase. So going to go ahead, dive right into it. It's going to be pretty much the whole episode here. Biggest winners and losers, uh, at least in my very humble opinion, from the Rangers hiring Peter Laviolette to be their new head coach. Uh, To start with, I think a big winner out of this whole thing is Jacob Truba. You know, anytime you have a new coach, you never really know how that's going to affect, you know, the locker room, the order of the locker room, the hierarchy that's kind of been established in there. And obviously Jacob Truba this past season was his first as a New York Ranger captain. And, you know, I know among Ranger fans, that's a whole separate other debate. You know, should Truba be the captain? Should somebody else be the captain? I think Truba does a good job as the Ranger captain. He's somebody that obviously brings a lot of fire. And even before, you know, last year when he was officially the captain, a lot of the players were saying that he was kind of the unofficial captain in, you know, at least the one season that followed that one. Um, so, you know, he got the C and, uh, obviously, you know, they made it official and that's all well and good, but whenever there's a new coach, you know, there could be a tendency depending on who it is and how they operate. Uh, there could be a new coach that comes in. I'm going to do things my way. We're going to go with my captain, my alternate captains. And, you know, I wouldn't really rule out the possibility of perhaps new alternate captains under Peter Laviolette, or maybe they do something where they kind of simplify it and you go from the four alternate captains down to just two. And it's the same three guys every night, one captain two alternates. Uh, I wouldn't rule anything out there as far as that's concerned. And of course, Barclay Goodrow is a trade candidate. So then you'd be left with three alternate captains. What do you do there? You know, that's another debate for another episode. But as far as Jacob Truba is concerned, I don't think there's really much of a chance that uh, Peter Laviolette would not go with him as the captain and not really much of a chance that Peter Laviolette, forget the captaincy, that he wouldn't look at Jacob Truba as one of the leaders on this team and that he wouldn't empower him uh, to be one of the vocal leaders, you know, in the locker room. Uh, whatever it might be, you know, the Rangers need a pep talk or whatever. I could see uh, LaViolette, you know, leaning on Truba for that. I mean, LaViolette's going to take care of that himself, but obviously the captain is kind of an extension of the coaching staff. And uh, I think LaViolette and Truba, it's a pretty solid match. Uh, Truba, to me, has everything that somebody like Peter LaViolette would want in a captain. I mean, he's very physical. Uh, The effort is there every night. Um, you know, again, he'll be vocal if he needs to be, he's accountable, uh, just kind of a no nonsense kind of a player. And Peter Laviolette is a no nonsense kind of a coach. So, uh, again, I, I do think they will probably click together. And honestly, even if Jacob Truba was not the captain, like say this past season, the Rangers didn't name a captain and they went through the whole season with five alternates or, you know, whatever the case may have been. Um, and Peter Laviolette was coming in this off season and they wanted him to pick a captain. I get the feeling he would probably pick Jacob Truba out of the whole bunch. You know, he'd probably converse with the players and everything. But again, I just feel like Jacob Truba is everything that Peter Laviolette would look for in a captain. So I get the feeling that Jacob Truba, and one of the reasons why he's a winner here, he's going to feel empowered uh, with a coach like Peter Laviolette. Uh, Truba did not exactly 
give Gallant a ring endorsement when they were conducting their interviews after the series against the Devils uh, ended. Uh, he didn't say anything mean or anything like that. Uh, you know, it's not like he came out and said, oh, I think he should be fired. There was nothing like that. But sometimes you can say a lot with things that you don't say. And I thought Trubo, when he was talking about Gallant, was very reserved, you know, just didn't really say a whole lot of anything. And um, now, you know, Peter Laviolette is in there. And again, I just feel like this coach and this captain, they're going to be in lockstep. And uh, Truba, you know, would seem to be in a pretty good spot after this uh, this hire here of Peter Laviolette. Uh, as far as, you know, a potential loser from this whole situation here, it's no fault of his own, but I'm going to go with Chris Knobloch, sort of, because, you know, he loses from this situation because it feels like maybe that window that he had to be the next head coach of the New York Rangers has perhaps closed. And I got to feel like, you know, if you're Chris Knobloch, there's got to be at least some disappointment there. Um, you know, most of these guys, these coaches around the league, and, you know, Knobloch has worked his way up from the junior leagues to the AHL. He's basically one step away from being an AHL head coach. And that's the goal for most of these guys. If you become an assistant coach in juniors or a head coach, you know, in the OHL, whatever it might be, I think the ultimate goal for most of these coaches, not all of them, you know, maybe some like being assistant coaches or they don't want to be NHL head coaches, but I think the vast majority of them, uh, that's the ultimate goal. You want to be a head coach in this league. I would imagine Chris Knobloch is no different there. And I'm sure at one time or another, look, again, he's only human. The idea of being the head coach of the New York Rangers has to have crept into Knobloch's head at least a couple of times over the last couple of seasons here. And obviously when Gallant gets fired, okay, the door's open. I've got a shot at it. And now it uh, looks like it's not going to happen. And it looks like uh, he's going to be back as the head coach of the Hartford Wolfpack, at least for now. Uh, Knobloch served as, you know, the... Uh, it wasn't really an interim coach. You know, obviously, a few years ago, David Quinn and the entire coaching staff, they all got COVID. And so you had to put together like a makeshift coaching staff. I, I believe it was like Knobloch. I want to say Murphy. And I know Jury was there too. Um, but yeah, I mean, that was the only NHL head coaching that Chris Knobloch has done to date. Um, the one thing, though, with Knobloch, you don't want to feel too bad for him because he's not really in a bad position. Uh, again, he's had success pretty much everywhere he's coached. He's coming off of a season that saw the Hartford Wolfpack make a nice deep playoff run, and he's going to be back in that position. And I do get the feeling, you know, come the next offseason, the next head coaching cycle in this league, I just get the feeling that Knobloch, there's going to be more interest in him around the league. And uh, it's entirely possible that he ends up being a head coach in the NHL somewhere else after uh, this this next season concludes. We'll see. You never know for sure. Just kind of a gut feeling that I have. Um, but again, I got to feel like, you know, Knobloch, having been the coach of the Hartford Wolfpack, I'm sure he wanted this uh, this job to be the head coach of the New York Rangers. Um, if Knobloch is still with the Wolfpack, you know, like three years from now, and maybe, uh, you know, the sun is kind of setting on this current era of Ranger hockey, then maybe he's back in consideration to be the new head coach uh, for a new era of Ranger hockey. I mean, hopefully they get at least one Stanley Cup championship in there before any of that happens. And if that's the case, then LaViolette will probably be sticking around for the long term. But um, never say never. It's possible Knobloch still ends up being a uh, Ranger coach at some point down the road here. But again, with this hiring of LaViolette and the fact that I would think they would like to give him at least two seasons, LaViolette, yeah, I'm not so sure Knobloch is still going to be around um, once those seasons conclude. So Knobloch, one of the losers. And again, it's through really no fault of his own. It's just... The idea that I'm sure he wanted to be the next head coach of this team, and uh, at least for the time being here, uh, he will not get that chance. But we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. I want to spend some time talking about some big, big winners or some potentially big winners uh, from this hire of LaViolette, and that's going to be the kids, namely Lafreniere, Heedle, and Kako, the big three, call them whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, maybe we go with something else other than the kid line. They are growing up a little bit after all. So 
Um, we'll see. But uh, we are going to talk about them and why they could be actually one of, if not the biggest winners of this hire of Peter Laviolette. And we're going to do that in just a second. But first, we do have to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Game Time. Buying tickets to your favorite events should not be stressful. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun that you are about to have. Game Time is the place for last-minute ticket deals. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you will always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It is the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONNHL for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest prices. Guaranteed. All right, we're going to go ahead and keep everything rolling here. But first, we do just want to thank uh, the everydayers. And thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are, of course, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And for the everydayers, I'm thinking for our Friday episode, maybe a mailbag. You know, we're kind of overdue for that anyway. And obviously, with the Rangers uh, hiring Peter Laviolette as the next head coach, uh, a lot of Ranger fans have a lot of opinion on the entire thing. So it's going to be a Laviolette-heavy mailbag. But we'll do some other things as well, some other questions and comments. Uh, that you guys have left for me, and uh, we'll do that in tomorrow's episode. But for right now, let's go ahead, keep the focus on the winners and losers of the Peter Laviolette hire. And for me, the biggest winners potentially from this whole thing could be the kids, uh, specifically, once again, Alexi Lafreniere, Capo Caco, and Philip Heedle. You can even throw in some up-and-coming uh, players for the Rangers, guys like Brent Offen, guys like Will Cooley, uh, both of whom I do believe will be on the Rangers this upcoming season at some point. Cooley got a cup of coffee with them this past season. Uh, we'll see uh, how they mix in this year. And you know, maybe even Adam Sakura somewhere down the road. I, I don't know that he would debut this upcoming year, but uh, sooner or later, you got to think he'll be there. Um, and it's interesting because I really wanted to get a feel for how Laviolette in the past, you know, again, he, he's coached a lot of teams. He's coached five teams before the Rangers. How has he kind of dealt with the kids? What kind of a success has he had with the kids? You know, whatever kids were on, whatever teams that he was coaching. And, you know, have they gone on to have great careers? And, you know, without really doing the research, I felt like, yeah, there have certainly been at least some young players that have excelled and kind of reached that next level under Laviolette. But it's a pretty long and pretty impressive track record. The amount of young players uh, that Laviolette has coached, they have gone on. Some of them are still playing. I mean, some of them, it was a long time ago, and they've since retired. But, I mean, we've got All-Stars and Stanley Cup champions, multiple Stanley Cup champions, multiple-time Stanley Cup champions. Um, you know, the whole nine yards, pretty much a, a lot of young players under Peter Laviolette uh, broke out while he was coaching and went on to have really nice careers and in some cases still having uh, very nice careers. So the best way to do this to me, no better place to start than with the three teams that he took to the Stanley Cup finals. And we're going to uh, cite some evidence here and 
I'm going to hopefully kind of get myself excited and get you guys excited about Peter Laviolette and his chances of, you know, getting the kids uh, to that next level of hockey. So why don't we begin all the way back in 2005, 2006. That was, of course, the year that Peter Laviolette coached the Carolina Hurricanes to the Stanley Cup championship. And if you look at, you know, some of these rosters here, uh, specifically, you know, the championship team with the Canes, you have... 23-year-old Justin Williams, a former first-round pick. Uh, he had a 76-point season under Peter Laviolette, once again, at the tender age of just 23. Uh, he went on to become really one of the most clutch players in recent memory, and uh, maybe you could even say all-time. You don't get a nickname like Mr. Game 7 without being clutch. And uh, he was just getting started under Peter Laviolette, but that year that they won the Stanley Cup, he put up 18 points in 25 games, again, at just the age of 23. Uh, also on that team, a 20-year-old Eric Stahl, who, of course, just lost in the Stanley Cup Finals uh, with the Florida Panthers. But uh, he was the former second overall pick. And Justin Williams, by the way, also a former first-rounder. So two first-rounders here right off the bat. Eric Stahl, a former second overall pick, uh, still an active player today. As I mentioned, he was 20 years old under Peter Laviolette during the championship season. He had 100 points in 82 games, another, 80, or another 28 points in 25 playoff games. Uh, you look at the goaltending position, Cam Ward was a 21-year-old goalie, uh, another first-round pick, only had 28 games in the regular season, but they went with him in the playoffs, appeared in all 23 playoff games for the Canes, went 15-8 and eight with a 214 goals against average, 920 save percentage, and two shutouts. And to kind of look at the championship roster as a whole for the Canes in 2005-06, 27 players on that team appeared in 21 games or more that season. 15 of them were 29 years old or younger. So 15 out of 27 were in their 20s or perhaps even in their teens. Uh, they did have a mix of veteran guys and some young guys. I'm not going to act like there were no veterans on that team. Uh, you had some vets like, you know, Rod Brindamore was there, uh, Brett Hedekin, Ray Whitney. Um, but they got contributions up and down the lineup from some veterans and some young guys as well. And as I mentioned, uh, a lot of those young guys kind of uh, developing quickly under Peter Laviolette and in many cases going on to have uh, really nice careers for themselves. And there's more examples than that. But we're going to spend all day, you know, breaking down the roster if we don't move it along here quickly. Um, so to shift gears to Peter Laviolette's uh, Flyers team that made it to the Stanley Cup Finals 2009-2010, that was the year that it happened. You had a 21-year-old Claude Giroux on that roster, another first-round pick. Uh, he had 47 points in 82 games in the regular season, went off in the playoffs under Laviolette, 21 points in 23 games. And obviously Giroux has gone on to have a really nice career and developed under Peter Laviolette. You also, on that team, had 24-year-old Mike Richards, uh, another first-round pick by the Philadelphia Flyers, and had a nice season, 62 points in 82 games, another 23 points in 23 playoff games, and uh, obviously went on to have a nice career for himself as well, won two Stanley Cups with the Los Angeles Kings. You also had 24-year-old Jeff Carter, another former first-round pick, 61 points in 74 games, then the playoffs, uh, seven points in 12 games. And again, really solid player for his career and also won two Stanley Cups uh, with the Kings. You also had 20-year-old 20, 20 James Van Riemsdyk, the second overall pick. You know, Van Riemsdyk, you could say maybe for his career, he's fallen a little bit short of, you know, living up to the hype of being the number two pick. But overall, you know, was still had a solid career uh, that season with the Flyers at the age of just 20, 35 points in 78 games, nothing great. Uh, six points in 21 playoff games, but at least getting contributions uh, from a very young James Van Riemsdyk. And then to quickly look at the Nashville Predators as well, the team that Peter Laviolette coached to the to the finals in 2016-2017, I think the best example from that team as far as a young prospect developing would be 22-year-old Philip Forsberg. 
Uh, he chips in with 58 points in 82 games in the regular season and another 16 points in 22 playoff games. Uh, and in the interest of just speeding this up just a little bit here to look at the rest of this roster, and then we'll get back to some other uh, winners and losers. Uh, Kevin Fiala was on that team, 20 years old. Arvidsson was 23. Johansson was 24. Uh, if you look at the 15 players on that Predators team that went to the finals under La Violette, the 15 players that played the most games that season for that team, 14 of them were 28 or younger. And of the seven players who played the most games that season for the Predators, the, the seven that led the way as far as games played, all seven of them were 26 or younger. Yeah, Peter Laviolette took that team to the Stanley Cup Finals. So it seems like Peter Laviolette has a knack for getting the most out of his young players. And the other thing that's interesting here, if we kind of look at the other side of the spectrum, where did Laviolette have kind of his most disappointing, most underwhelming coaching tenure. I would say that pretty much had to be uh, this three-year stint that he just had with the Washington Capitals, who were the oldest team in the NHL this past season. So if anything, it seems like Peter Laviolette seems to do better uh, with young players. I've seen this thing. I mean, it's not a lot of fans, but you know you know how Twitter is. You know, everybody's got an opinion on everything, and, and that's all well and good and everything. But a couple of Ranger fans are, are starting uh, this, this kind of like idea that, you know, Peter Laviolette, he's just going to want like 35-year-old veterans, like like 12. I saw a comment He's going to have like 12 Barclay Goodrose as his 12 forwards. I'm not really seeing any evidence to support that. I mean, he wants his guys to play hard and play a gritty style, obviously. But uh, it does seem like a lot of young players have developed under him, have made big-time contributions to some really successful teams, and in many cases have gone on to have excellent careers and in some cases are still having excellent careers. You know, those players that he coached with the Flyers and – um you know, with the Canes, obviously, if they're still in the league, they're getting to be uh, veterans at this point. But uh, regardless, uh, he's done He's done a nice job with his young players. I don't think you can take that away from him. So we're going to keep everything rolling in just a second. And obviously, we hope that that translates to Kako, Lafreniere, Hedl. Um, I think they've got a better chance of developing under him than probably either Gallant or, um, you know, David Quinn. You know, Gallant, I, again, I, I'm mostly a supporter of Gallant, but there were times where he could be stubborn when it came to the usage of his young players versus his veteran players. I think Peter Laviolette is going to play the best players. The guys that are going out there and busting their tails. That's kind of his MO, and uh, I'm looking forward to that and looking forward to hopefully seeing the kids uh, develop this season under Laviolette. And, you know, if his track record is any indication, I think there's a pretty good chance that that can and uh, hopefully will happen. I'm going to keep everything rolling in just a second here. I want to talk about some of the other uh, winners and losers from the Peter Laviolette hiring. And uh, we will do that in just a second here. But first, do have to let everybody know, today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look good. Bird Dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Bird Dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but they fit way better. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of a stiff, restricting cotton. Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice any movement. Bird Dogs use anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. So go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on NHL for a free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. Go to birddogs.com slash locked on NHL. All 
All right, going to go ahead and keep everything rolling here and uh, talk about some of the other winners and losers. Like I said, I wanted to spend a good time talking about the kids. I thought it was really important to look at Peter Laviolette's track record and his success getting the most out of some young players, uh, many of whom were drafted in the first round. And as we know, you know, there have been some cases over the years where uh, Ranger first round draft picks have you know, either been busts or have not quite reached the level that we want them to get to. But uh, Peter Laviolette, I think one thing that he has working in his favor and one thing that will hopefully – uh, get Ranger fans at least a little excited. You know, I know there's some people that don't like this hire, but uh, hopefully the idea that he can develop the kids, um, you know, gets you on board at least a little bit. Because now the decision's been made, and, uh, you know, obviously we're Ranger fans, and we want them to succeed, and uh, hopefully LaViolette can work his magic with the kids like he's done in the past with some other teams that he has coached, some other very successful teams that he's coached. Uh, as far as, like, another loser from from the uh, the hiring of Peter LaViolette, you know, there's no real player on this team that I look at and think like, oh man, this guy's in a lot of trouble with Peter Laviolette as the head coach. I did ID one player that might come out of this a loser, and we'll get to him in just a second. Um, but in general, I'm going to say actually the media members, because from what I've seen Peter Laviolette during his postgame pressers, uh, he doesn't really give them a whole lot. He kind of keeps it very uh, generic and, I mean, honestly, boring. And I feel like that's probably by design. A lot of these coaches, you know, they just, they don't want to say a whole lot. It doesn't really benefit them in any real meaningful way to give a, a juicy quote or all that interesting of a quote. They know it's part of the job. Uh, they know the reporters obviously have a job to do, but um, they don't really need to, you know, put on a show in there and, and, and be exciting and give all these like fun quotes. Um, so I feel like the the media members, it might be tough to get a whole lot out of him. It seems like he's kind of reserved during these post-game pressers and you're going to get a lot of uh, kind of generic uh, coach speak with Peter Laviolette. And not really a whole lot of sound bites. I could be wrong, but this is just what I've observed, you know, from watching him and other post-game pressers over the years, you know, coaching other teams. Uh, again, he keeps it just kind of generic. And I, I think that's kind of by design. Uh, I don't think that he has like a contentious relationship with the media. I just don't think that he's really that, you know, open and all that entertaining, you know, during his post-game pressers. He just keeps it very matter of fact and very low key. So, you know, for the media members, it might be tough to, to pull a whole lot out of him, but we'll see. We'll see how that goes there. Uh, a winner from this. I'm going to say Chris Drury is a winner from this, and only time is going to tell if this is, you know, true or not. Um, but it just kind of felt like him and Gerard Gallant never quite got on the same page, just different hockey philosophies. And I also think that uh, Peter Laviolette basically represents Chris Drury's, you know, final chance here with the Rangers. If there's a situation where Drury butts heads with Peter Laviolette, uh, the Rangers struggle, they miss the playoffs or get knocked out easily in the first round. If, if Peter Laviolette gets fired after just a season or two, then I think there's a very good chance that Chris Drury uh, is probably right out the door with him. At that point, I think the Rangers would probably uh, clean house. You know, obviously Drury went with Gallant for two years. They move on. Now they're going with Laviolette. I mean, does the same GM get to hire three different coaches? Usually not. I don't think Chris Drury would be, uh, would be any exception there. Like I said, if, um, if he gets fired... Laviolette, I, I think there's a very good chance uh, that Chris Drury goes right with him. But uh, I think Drury is aware of all that too. And I really don't think that he would have hired Peter Laviolette if he didn't feel really good about him, if he didn't feel like they were on the same page, if he didn't have a lot of confidence in Peter Laviolette to uh, take this team to the next level. And I realize, you know, a lot of people are going to say, uh, you think Drury's pulling the strings. This is all Dolan. This is all Sather and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, okay. I mean, I'm, I'm sure the owner had some input here. Um, but obviously, look, Drury... He's got a lot riding on how this goes with Peter Laviolette. And I think he got his guy. I, I think that he believes in, in Laviolette and um, his coaching philosophies. And as a result of that, um, you know, he's in good position here. He's, he's going to 
If he goes out, he's going to go out swinging. He's going to go out with the kind of coach that uh, he's kind of in lockstep with, and you know, we'll see how the whole thing shakes out here. But I do think Chris Jury, uh, having gotten his guy here, probably comes out of this as a winner. As far as a, a loser from this situation, I wanted to include at least one player on this list, even though it's. I feel like it's a little bit of a reach, but I'm going to say Artemi Panarin maybe comes out of this as a little bit of a loser because Panarin is at his best when he's given, I think, at least a certain amount of freedom out there. And I'm just not so sure that freelancing is really going to fly with Peter Laviolette. You know, his teams play structured hockey, and I just don't think there's a lot of room for just kind of improvising out there the way that there might have been under a coach like Gerard Gallant. Uh, not that Panarin is, like, doomed to have a horrible season under Laviolette or he's going to be in the doghouse or his career is going to fall apart. I don't think that's true at all. I think he'll still be one of the top offensive players in hockey like he always is, but I think he's going to have to do it while still playing a style of hockey that Peter Laviolette uh, wants him to play. And, you know, just from a personality standpoint, you know, as we've mentioned with Artemi Panarin, you know, Luce has a lot of fun, always smiling. You know, we get the Panarin leg kick after a goal. Um, you know, again, he, he just really enjoys himself playing hockey out there. Peter Laviolette, very stern, very no-nonsense kind of a coach. Uh, that's not to say that it can't work with Artemi Panarin and Peter Laviolette. Panarin uh, played for John Tortorella, who's about as, you know, hard aid as, you know, they come in the NHL. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think certainly it can work. But at first glance, the personalities just don't quite seem like that they would mesh. Uh, by that same token, look, Artemi Panarin's a great player. And, um, you know, I, I think under any coach, he's probably going to succeed. I just wonder, you know, if he's going to maybe feel a little bit handcuffed, Artemi Panarin, uh, playing for Peter Laviolette, who, again, no-nonsense kind of guy and a guy that wants you to play hockey his way and uh, within his uh, his structure. So we'll see. Uh, maybe Panarin comes out of this a little bit of a loser for the Rangers. But, again, I, I still expect him to fully have an excellent season for this team. Winners, I'm going to say the vast majority of Ranger fans because it felt like toward the end – of, uh, I mean, honestly, it felt like toward all of Gerard Gallant's tenure here, there was a good chunk of this Ranger por uh, this Ranger fan base that wanted to basically run him out of town. And then obviously uh, a little bit less consistent of a season this past year. And you also have, you know, the debacle of a playoff series and the debacle of a game seven against the Devils really leaves a bad taste in everybody's mouth. And I think a lot of Ranger fans were ready for the uh, the team to move on from Gerard Gallant. And not all Ranger fans, but a good amount of them. And if you're one of those fans, well, hey, you got your wish. You've come out of this a winner. Uh, it's a new start with a new coach who's basically done nothing but win everywhere he's been. The only place where he really didn't win, I mean, I guess you could say the Islanders, but he was only there for two years. Uh, they made the playoffs both of those years, and those were seasons where the Islanders typically were not very good. So they got a little bit of a resurgence under Peter Laviolette there. The one stop that he's had where you could say, okay, clearly that was a disappointment was with the Washington Capitals. But again, that was an older team that it kind of seems like the sun is setting a little bit there. It seems like, you know, their, their day with that core of making deep playoff runs might be over. Now I'll say that and watch them go on a run this upcoming season. Um, but, you know, just looking at how things stand there, it's a tough place to win right now. I think, you know, it's an aging team and I don't know how many coaches could have done a whole lot better of a job with the Capitals uh, than Laviolette did. I know there's some fans out there who wanted a bolder hire by this team, but Laviolette is kind of the safe hire, somebody who should be able to get the most out of his players, uh, both the veterans and the kids. And so again, people who wanted this team to move on from Gerard Gallant, you got your wish, you come out of this a winner. And for the fans who aren't happy about this hire, and again, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better about it. You know, once I looked up the stats that some of the kids put up, uh, kids on other teams that Peter Laviolette has coached, uh, while he was their coach, uh, I started feeling a little bit better. I mean, there's things to like here. Again, he does seem to win pretty much everywhere he goes. 
Uh, it just wasn't the boldest of hires. But for the fans that still aren't happy about this and maybe never will be, as I implored everybody in yesterday's episode, just give it a chance. You know, get behind the coach for once. Let's all come together as a fan base. Let's support this team. Let's not uh, completely turn against the entire organization. If Alexi Lafreniere starts the season on the third line, it'll, it'll be okay. You know, we'll, we'll do all right with it. Um, you know, again, it's easy to be down on this team after what happened last year against the Devils, but they do have a new head coach now. It is something of a fresh start. Let's try to start getting excited about Ranger hockey again. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm starting to feel positive again. And, uh, you know, the, the, the season just ended. The, the Vegas Knights are your uh, Stanley Cup champions. Brett Howden is a Stanley Cup champion, so that's cool and everything. Uh, for the first time since the season ended, though, I'm, like, ready for Ranger hockey. And it's not just because of the LaViolette hire. Maybe it's the fact that, you know, the Stanley Cup playoffs are now over and we kind of turn the page. Um, but I'm feeling like I'm ready to go here, and uh, I hope Ranger fans are feeling that way as well. And the, the, it begins, I think, which is kind of backing this organization, trying to get behind this new head coach, at least give it a chance, you know, give him a portion of this upcoming season. If things are going badly, you know, we'll we'll assess him fairly and honestly on this show, and you guys can do the same thing. Um, but for the time being, let, let's try to, again, be a little bit more positive, be, be you know, supportive fans uh, of this franchise as we – basically go forward into a uh, new era of New York Ranger hockey here. So uh, we'll see what happens. But again, I, I'm definitely looking forward to the next season of Ranger hockey. Only other thing that I wanted to mention here uh, on Thursday, today's episode, the NHL buyout window uh, opens 48 hours after the conclusion of the Stanley Cup final. And it's Thursday. The final is wrapped up on Tuesday. And so that means the buyout window, by my calculation, should be open today. I don't know if they take that literally, like it's exactly 48 hours, in which case it would be later tonight that the buyout window opens. Um, but we'll see uh, which players around the NHL get bought out by their respective teams. And if any of them could be bounce back candidates, maybe guys, maybe there's a couple out there that are, uh, you know, high reward, low risk signings that the Rangers could look into. You get somebody for cheap after they've been bought out and you bank on, you know, a bounce back season. We'll see if anybody fits that description for the Rangers. Uh, by their very nature, players that are bought out are not exactly guys that are coming off of career seasons, but you know, it's possible that somebody bounces back and needs a change of scenery, whatever the case may be. So we'll see who gets bought out. I mean, you know, the, the buyout window is open until you know, at least a couple of weeks here, uh, I believe right up until the start of free agency. So we'll see what happens there. But once these players are bought out, you know, I'll talk about a few of them and see if there is a fit uh, with the New York Rangers, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on nyrangers at gmail.com. Definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. Once again, that is at LO underscore NY underscore Rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked On New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I will see you next time.